Go Deep. Welcome back to GDP Go Deep, the podcast. You can find us on most forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also reach out to the cast, T.O. Big Show, Lord Fawn, Motorsports Mofo, Sturzy, Big Mikey, Astra Moon, and Sassy K. Thank you for your support, and remember, always go deep. Alright folks, welcome back to GDP. I'm John Nothing Doe. Just in case you weren't aware, but I'm definitely sure you're aware, we have gear on the shop. GDP, go deep the podcast at teespring.com. You can find your favorite hoodie, you can find your favorite t-shirt. We don't sell used rubbers, but I'm sure MoFo could help with that. And with that being said, welcome to the show there, MoFo. How are you, pal? I was better until the uh, the introduction, but I'm as always happy to be here, and thank you everyone for uh, listening, and the uh, as always continued support. Excellent, excellent. So besides the used rubbers, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, so uh, other than used uh, burnt rubber, we're talking here, so get your mind uh, straight. We are talking the, uh, I guess basically we're, we're going to be weaving into the NASCAR silly season. Obviously last Sunday, I know it's Sassy K knows, she was over to watch the race there with me. And That's why she didn't race. answer her phone. <laughs> Bitch. So yeah, it was the the end of the season finale, and yeah, just the, the, basically the end of the season, and uh, we crowned a new championship, or champion, sorry, for the championship, which was pretty cool. Yeah, we're going to dig into that, but first, uh, I just wanted to note a fellow Canadian, uh, Lance Stroll, for anyone that follows Formula One, he took the pole there for the Turkish Grand Prix. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yep, yep, so that he's the first Canadian, actually, to take it since uh, Jacques Villeneuve. If anyone, I remember watching Jacques Villeneuve when I was a in my younger days watching him uh, race, it's always nice to see like a, a Canadian again on the uh, the world stage like that. Whether you love or like Formula One or even hate it, you have to you know you gotta respect when a fellow Canadian is able to uh, to take the reins there. So good on Lance for sure. Um, he brought brought it home in ninth place. Lewis Hamilton. Who else, right, this season other than good old Lewis Hamilton taking the win? That there is another uh, topic for another day. But uh, yeah, just wanted to shout out to Lance Stroll. Pretty cool for the uh, 22-year-old to uh, get the pole. So that was really good in the Turkish Grand Prix. Well, big ups to Canadian racing, right? Because I mean, this is awesome. But yeah, like I mean, they're running on the world stage. So I mean, it's Canadian racing. It's I mean, it's it comes back to the, the peers and the younger people that are looking up to Lance and ultimately one day maybe want to get to that stage for the world or just want to maybe do some grassroots race or something, you know, within the North Americas. But either way, big ups to Lance Stroll. So, yeah, now that uh, we got that out of the way, I think um, if you remember there, John, episode, I believe it was 91. Oh, I know now, where this is going. Yeah, yeah. So, so you owe me 10 bucks. I owe you 10 bucks. I thought it was the other way around there, champ. Well, you know, I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to episode 91 one more time, but I'm sure... No, I'm joking. So, Liar. For anyone that didn't, uh, <laughs> for anyone that didn't listen to episode 91, uh, we had Astra Moon on, and she made some predictions for me about the um, the drivers that I, I thought were going to you know, basically take the championship in the uh, Cup Series or yes. place very, very well. So I bet... John, 10 bucks that Harvick was going to take the championship. I mean, they call him the closer after all for a reason. And, well, he, uh, no, in, in Phoenix there, he just didn't quite get it done. You know, solid finish, but uh, just wasn't enough the way the, uh, the elimination rounds go. Yeah. And uh, so he, he wasn't able to basically compete in the, uh, the final four there at Vegas. But, you know, he brought it home a very respectable fifth place in the championship points overall. It was a great season for K. 
Kevin, one of his best, you know, in consistency. I think, you know, as much as he's, unfortunately, I see getting up there in age, and I say that only because of, like, you know, retirement's probably closer now than it's obviously ever been, but he is on point and running some phenomenal races, and Stuart Haas Racing is really having some success. So, as Astro Moon predicted, I remember when I brought up Kevin Harvick, uh, she she was very apprehensive, and I remember her saying, I don't think he's going to do well. I thought, this girl has no idea what she's talking about, and I just lost 10 bucks. Well, so, I'll enjoy that 10 bucks for you, pal. <laughs> I'll run it through the shredder to make sure that you get every single part of it. Well, just make sure that you don't take it out of your wife's allowance and you actually take it out of your allowance. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you brought up a past episode because recently, it, not that recent, but in October, we released an episode, episode 99, where we were talking uh, to Tony, the maintenance owner, and yourself about yep. winter maintenance for your vehicle. Yep. If you guys haven't checked it out, you should check it out. It's very informative and it's it's kind of goofy at the same time, which is where we like to be. More or less mofo than myself, but I uh, I just got some winter tires for my truck because of all that uh, all that talk about not using uh, all seasons. Just wanted you to know. Oh, well, yeah, good to know. And uh, I mean, I, I always say like a, a, even a half-ass winter tire is still better than, a, than an all season, in my opinion. So uh, glad to hear, though, that you made that transition. You know, hopefully our NASCAR guys are not going to experience much snow down, uh, down in the south. Yep. Yeah, good on you for getting the winter tires. You know, I just figured I might as well go deep. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, pun intended. Going, nothing wrong with going deep. Well, um, especially when it comes to snow. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, uh, other than that, like I say, I owe you 10 bucks now. I'm not happy about it, so I might send it over in $1 uh, interval. But uh, Astro Moon was definitely right, and she called it now. This is fascinating to me, and I don't want to interrupt you, but the fact that she was right on her prediction, sorry, not just your podcast about the top three racers there, but she was also right in her own prediction. I don't know if you've had a chance to check out her YouTube channel, folks. If you haven't had a chance to check out her YouTube channel, I think you can look in Google for hashtag Astro Moon or go into YouTube and look up Astro Moon, all one word. And she did one on, and we don't like politics here at Go Deep, the podcast. We're more interested in just being goofy and just, you know, being serious when we only absolutely have to. She talked about Joe Biden. She talked about Trump. She said that Trump would lose and Biden would win. And, you know, whether some people in that that camp want to agree or not, she was right. Just putting it out there. Well, you know, I'm still going to be like, I I, I still want to give her a couple more tests, you know, like, Next season, as we're going to discuss, you know, there's going to be a lot of move guys on the move and some girls on the move there in the uh, in the racing world. And I, I'm really going to put her to the test, you know, early, um, well before Daytona to see if I can get some answers as to, you know, maybe who I'm going to be putting in my pool for uh, this year's picks. But uh, I was definitely impressed. Um, Explain yeah, something to me. Well, you were you were just yeah. saying a pool. So that obviously yeah. means like, you know, like a, a racing pool. Is this correct? Yeah. So how do the um, points work? Like we know, is like, do you make points if someone wins, like you know, second, uh, first, second, or third? Do they get more points for maneuvers and stuff they do on the track? Like, how does that work? So every pool, like I suppose, is going to be is going to be different. The one I participate in, so you're you're picking a, your three drivers based on how they will finish in that race. You're picking your three, two, one. You're trying to pick them in the proper order that they're going to finish to maximize your points. Three points being for first two points being for second, one point being for third, to get maximum points of six. However, though, if you get them out of order, then you could even have all three in the top three, but you've only come away with three points as you mix up your order hypothetically, right? So it comes down to a little bit of 
you know, calculating and trying to, a little bit of guesswork and looking at statistics of how they ran, how they've been running, and whether it's a short track, intermediate, or super speedway road course. So it, it gets fun. You know, it, it's me and, you know, about 10 or 12 other guys and some girls in there now. I mean, it, nice. it, you know, it, I don't know. It starts out as fun at the beginning of the season when it gets down to near the last couple of races and, you know, someone's going to be collecting that pot of cash. Then that's when things get a little dicey and some feelings get a little hurt. But, uh, Wow, it almost sounds like you guys were doing using the same formula as guys do at the track for uh, horse betting. Yeah, I've never been into horse betting, but uh, definitely, I mean, there's all, like, every, everyone you're talking to is going to have a different feel on what they're doing when they're getting into a pool. But I can definitely tell you before I, like, going into Daytona, you know, by January, so I'm going to be talking to Astro Moon just to see, like, okay, here's the some, you know, faces I'm looking at, you know, putting down on who, what, what do you think, what are you seeing? Because I was honestly a little surprised. This is the Harvick thing. I did not expect Harvick to uh, to stumble like that. I mean, you know, it, I don't even, I won't even call it a stumble. It was just a racing, that's racing, you know? I mean, shit happens and payday is on Friday for most people. So <laughs> maybe he's not getting a payday no more, but. Well, call it what you will, right? No kidding. But yeah, so going forward then, just want to give shout out to Chase Elliott. He took the, uh, the championship this year. Brad Kozlowski brought it in second for points. Uh, Joey Logano third. And uh, Hamlin, Denny Hamlin finished fourth. And I'm concerned about that just because I'm thinking, you know, like, here's a guy that I think he had all the opportunity in the world and he asked the bad. I really think that, you know, I don't know. I just, if I had to bet, I would have bet it would have come down to Denny and Kevin Harvick and they really messed up. Or Denny, I think, really messed up the, the opportunity to capitalize. You know, I think he went in there obviously with the most experience. He'd been the team to beat and I really don't know what happened there. It just, it just didn't work out for him. So, no, I just think that it was his to lose. That's all. I was just going to say, I bet when you had Sassy K at the house, you heard a lot of, it probably sounded like a bank machine like it was like a lot of like she must have had like that potty mouth just firing <laughs> well you know what though Al- alex didn't you know fully run the way he wanted i know they seem to be struggling for a bit of speed there at times you know but alex is still young still a lot to learn he had generally speaking a very successful season you know there was a couple races there that he said post-race sort of got away from him where he was not happy with the results or the way he ran but i feel alex is very good for the sport very good on social media and especially with fans i've had the pleasure of meeting alex a couple times and uh i, I think that you know with continued dedication and effort i think you will see good things come out of alex bowman but um he, he brought it home in sixth place you know sixth place overall is nothing to slouch at i mean he beat out martin truex in seventh uh, he beat out kyle bush so he beat out some pretty prominent names within the sport right what was and, that thing about bush that we joked about with sassy k oh wow don't make me go into this again do it do it do it <laughs> so after kyle bush wrecked brad kozlowski and the xfinity race or then it was called the uh not the bush series Xfinity. the anyway bristol 2010 it was what's now the modern day xfinity series race Okay. And he wrecked Brad Kozlowski in the Cup Series race, put him into the, the wall pretty good. I think it was in turn two, as I recall. And um, obviously, Brad's night was pretty much shot. And there was quite a feud between him and Kyle Busch. And for the next uh, day, like when Brad was coming out for the Cup race and introduced himself, he came out and said, Hi, you know, I'm Brad Kozlowski and uh, Kyle Busch is an ass. <laughs> Maybe there was an asshole, I can't remember, but I remember being in Bristol, Tennessee, and the curve just going wild. And then it was like the following week or two weeks after, I'd be seeing fellow race fans I knew wearing um, 
shirt that said, uh, nobody likes a dirty bush. <laughs> that's the shirt. That's the money <laughs> shot right there, baby. And it was quoted from Brad Kozlowski. So, you know, I, a lot of... <laughs> how can you not laugh at that, right? Um, I won't lie. There's going to be a MoFo shirt that says the same thing shortly. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, make sure you get your shirts and hoodies at teespring.com. And... Uh, <laughs> Look, look for the one that says Dirty Bush, and you can account that to John Doe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I wanted to ask you quickly. I know that you're in the middle yeah. of a thought, and I just want to stop you for a second. So with yeah. COVID kind of taking over North America again and everybody kind of getting into a bit of a panic, what does this yeah. mean for the sport of NASCAR? Because I think I know what it means for hockey and basketball, but I want to, I want your opinion on if you think this is going to go back to online racing. I don't. You know what? Here's a couple thoughts I'm going to go with. Now, just stay with me here, guys. Okay. So, I think I think the online racing is definitely cool. It has a place. It's never going to replace the product, like the actual racing. You can't recreate the smells and the sounds and the adrenaline that gets going with the real racing. Being said, I do think the iRacing series, there's a lot of talent. And by all admission, I'm not a gamer. I've never claimed to be a gamer, and I do recognize there is a lot of talent for the guys and girls that race in these simulators, and these are not cheap little, you know, no, these things are and a console in your mom and dad's basement. Like these are some very expensive simulators these guys are racing in. Um, maybe not quite as expensive as the ones that the the drivers themselves would actually race in at the team shops to practice, but they spent these people spend a lot of money. So I do think the iRacing series does have you know a place. I would like to see, though, that come February or January that we're back in Daytona, we're testing, getting ready for the inevitable Daytona 500 in February. I'd really like to see that hopefully whatever's going on with the COVID thing, whatever side of the fence you're on there that they've got. But I, I would think that you will see NASCAR back racing again, depending on the spike in the numbers and such. I know they've been recently letting some fans in the stands. I think like a couple thousand fans. And you say, well, oh my God, that you got to understand that, you know, some of these tracks seat like Bristol, I think seats up to like 150 or 160,000 people at full capacity, as I believe other, other tracks are, you know, 40,000 people. Like, so it's, you got to remember like that when I say 5,000, that is very underseated by normal capacity standards. That's so so I don't know whether, oh, and, and it is, I'm just saying, I don't know if they are going to take it back to where, you know, they have no fans in the stands and just the bare minimum pit crew in the, in the infield, or if they're still going to allow some fans, you get into it where each state controls things a little differently, right? And because NASCAR is traveling, I'm honestly not sure what to tell you there. My gut would feeling would say, though, yes, NASCAR will be back in January, testing, ready to go for February. Everyone obviously wearing the PPE to make sure that they're safe as well as the drivers. It's going to be different than we've obviously seen other years, but I think they've really adapted in this season and they moved quickly when they had to. So I do suspect that you will see the racing back. I, I, I'd have no problem seeing the iRacing, though, on a continued basis, maybe they they do an iRacing event every you know Tuesday night. I know NASCAR has floated the idea of you know hey what about doing a Wednesday or a Thursday night feature race and then uh, something again on a Saturday or a Sunday. It, it's going to be it's going to be interesting though, John. It really will. I think though that they had an opportunity with that iRacing series to really tap into another niche market, and I think that they had it for that little bit but then they sort of let it go and i mean you look on their website like you don't even see them ever covering it again yeah right? or very seldom 
And I think that when the COVID thing was going strong at first and they were running the, the iRacing, they were really showing a lot of homage to the guys and girls that do the iRacing series. So I think they should maybe uh, they, they should re-explore that and uh, give back to those guys and girls a little bit too because they are fans at the end of the day too, right? Well, I think with uh, how all technology works, it would be easy to have a, a NASCAR iRacing channel on Twitch, which I think now is, if I'm not wrong... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's now a part of the Amazon gaming division. So um, I could see that picking up in popularity, especially with the the name Amazon sitting behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could definitely. I mean, nothing says they can't re-explore and instantaneously bring it back. Throw a couple names in there, and all of a sudden, boom! Hey, you're off and you're off and rocking, right? Yeah. I just feel that they had they already had invested enough time and energy to have it right there, and they they let it go, and I'm not sure why they let it go. I don't. I really strongly, as a fan, don't feel like it was taking away from the actual on-track racing product. I'd still watch both if you were going to air both, right? Well, I think maybe what it transpired in a couple of those iRaces is probably an indication that they need to be a little more diligent in how and who they have on. Yes, yes. Yes, and now I know we, we talked about that, and I, I feel like you're going towards the Kyle Larson thing. Yes, I am. We talked about that quite extensively there, and um, I've, I, know, like, I don't know about you, but I know I've gotten a lot of people have hit me up about the Larson thing, some love-hate mail, like not so much towards me, but towards the situation. Um, other people are on the fence. I, I've obviously taken quite substantial time to, to really digest the whole thing. And I'll tell you, like, I don't, for anyone that is under a rock in the racing world, it's the worst kept secret in the NASCAR garage is that Kyle Larson was going to be reinstated and coming back and going to be, I know there was a lot of speculation. And at first I definitely speculated he was going to end up in the 14 car at Stuart Haas racing, you know, within like, I don't know, five, six weeks of the, the NASCAR series uh, wrapping up his uh, championship everything, it was swirling around like a tornado that he was going to end up at Hendrick Motorsports. I know there was rumors and um, video of, of Rick Hendrick meeting there with Chevrolet and uh, Kyle Larson in the mix as well. And so the writing was on the wall there. And I, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I honestly thought he would have been Stuart Haas racing because of Tony Stewart and the dirt track racing and anyone that watches Kyle Larson in the World of Outlaw series. That kid is a phenomenal dirt racer. But, you know, back there in April, I believe it was, he was on the iRacing series and uh, he dropped the N-word, I think it was twice or whatever, within a very short span. He thought yeah. he saw a close down line talking to a spotter. Anyway, so Ganassi Racing instantly released him. Chevrolet released him. Now, you know, he's done a, a slew of you know, rehabilitation, whatever you want to call it. He's gone through the road to recovery NASCAR thing where, like, you know, sensitivity training, I guess they would call it, sorry. And so he's going to be coming back now with Hendrick Motorsports in the five car. I know that some people say, oh, is he going to end up in the 48 car? And you got to understand, when it comes to, or this is how I perceive it, of course, as a fan, is that the numbers on the car are all a formality. The average driver does not give a damn what number they run. Other no. than, say, a Chase Elliott that ran the, the number nine when he was in the K&N series, and his dad number was number nine. So most drivers, though, it's a formality. But from what I what I understand is that they put him in the five car because Alex Bowman was going to be taking over Jimmy Johnson's seat in the 48 machine. Then the, the, the next safe bet was to put him in the five car. It's a number that's not been really attached to any specific sponsor lately in the last few seasons. 
so that's where he's going to be. How do I feel about this? Wow. I well, you beat me to the, the question, so how do you feel about this, mofo? Yeah, you well, prick? no, I just mean, because I, I, I have thought about this, John, for a while. I can tell. No, because, like, I'm, the thing is, is, like, I take racing too personally. I take it way too personally. It's your you favorite know? pastime. <laughs> this makes sense that you would be this passionate about it, rather. I'm, I am passionate about it, but the thing is, is that I take it too personally, and, like, then I overanalyze stuff like this. Because, you know what, like, I hear you're talking to someone now that... I went and sold, like, I had a ton of Kyle Larson diecast. I had a ton of stuff that, like, I follow Kyle since, like, his teenager years running dirt car and everything like that. And when Jeff Gordon was retiring, talking about, hey, this Kyle Larson guy is going to be coming up and won the sort of quote-unquote watch, right? Well, after that little meltdown there on the iRacing series, I dumped all my Larson stuff. I didn't want to be anything associated with him in terms of a fan. So full disclosure there, got rid of it all. Well, I can't blame you. I would I, I would think a lot of people would feel the exact same way as you. You know, Well, there's... the thing is, it's like there, there's a lot of sentiment online um, from the people I've been talking to that, you know, He's young. He made a mistake. We all make mistakes in life. It's not like he was out there, you know, waving a Confederate flag or, you know, and there was that, I can't remember the episode number, but we were talking about that guy and it, it goes to show like how much of a zero he was. I don't remember his name now off the top of my head, but he made his announcement that he was retiring from NASCAR from the truck series. He ran like something like 30 or 40 races in his career but because he couldn't fly his Confederate flag. Listen, the man, train... when it comes to sports, it doesn't make sense to have a political background. It's sports. Oh, no, and I, I agree. I'm just saying my point was, though, is, is that, you know, I, I Kyle made a mistake, He you know, but he owned it. It's not like he's still trying to say, no, I'm determined. I'm going to push through with my, you know, whatever. He owned it. He realized he messed up. So there's a lot of people that are saying, well, listen, he's young. He learned from his mistake. He realizes he made a mistake, and, you know, he's made numerous steps to try and really rebrand himself and rebuild his image and his uh, career within the, the cup series while he's been off. I mean, he's been tearing up the dirt tracks all over. Right. So it's not like he hasn't been racing a car and, you know, do I think he'll be competitive? Absolutely. I think that he's going to come back and he's going to be good for the sport in the sense of bringing more competition out on track. I always like watching Kyle run the high lines. You'd watch Kyle at, a, say, a Michigan or a super speedway, and this guy, you know, just flies. No fear. So I think from that aspect, I will eventually get over it, but I'm just not... I'm not feeling tickled that he's going back to Hendrick Motorsports. I've always been a big Hendrick fan, like for the Jeff Gordon, Terry Labonte days. And now to now to see that he's coming back in like a premium ride, I'm sort of feeling a little bit like, ah, I, I think he should have sort of got the Kurt Busch treatment when Kurt had to sort of go, you know, take some steps back from the sport and, you know, re, rebrand and rebuild himself and go like, as an example, like a James Finch racing and then a furniture row and building himself back up before being able to come into a, a Hendrick Motorsports uh, equipment. That being said, you know, I think that, um, you know, we all make mistakes, John, and I'm not about here to sit here and judge the man that, you know, not my thing. Well, this it, is true. It'll be interesting, but I'm definitely, I, I've had some people definitely lately hit me up talking about like, oh, hey, you, you heard he's coming back. Yes, I heard. And I don't know, just honestly, for me right now, as I sit, like mixed, mixed feelings on the whole thing. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Like, we'll see. This is, you know, a second chance. And I am an advocate of second chances. And we will see now what he what he does with this second chance, right? Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, I'm an advocate for mistakes. And only because I was a mistake. 
Oh, wow. But in all honesty, like, let's hope he takes advantage of this second opportunity, really, and just kind of hone it and understand that this is not the first century. We, this stuff is not acceptable. It wasn't acceptable then, but it's definitely not going to be acceptable from here on out. Yeah, like, you know, I think he's going to learn that, like, you know, he, there's going to be some boos, I'm sure, at some of the races, and there's going to be a lot of cheers to see him back, right? So it's part of growing up. It's part of part of learning and life's lessons, right? So it's, I'm looking, I'm more curious this, than him coming back just to see how the other fans take it. And I feel that'll sort of just, that'll help me transition in because maybe I'll learn I'm not the only person that's sort of on the fence about the whole thing. Like I said, I don't have a hate for him. I just, I just doesn't sit well with me. Well, you but know, yeah, we'll this see, was right? a great example for other drivers to understand the weight of and power of a word that's not necessary. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and another positive, if I might say, so um, when, when Kyle Larson got kicked out of his ride, so Matt Kenseth, a veteran, um, huge love for Matt Kenseth. So Matt Kenseth filled that ride. It was only for the season. You know, I noticed a lot of Matt Kenseth fans out there, and it, it's obviously unfortunate to see how Matt sort of shifted back out of that seat. But on a positive, you know, we now got Ross Chastain. He's going to be coming up, and he's going to be filling to see the 42 car. So if you want to look at it even from the positive sense there is that Kyle getting shifted out of the 42 has now essentially led the the foundation for another for a young talent now to come into the sport, like up into the, the Cup Series, I mean. So there, there's many ways to look at the overall situation, but I, I definitely think, like, a lot of people have learned from this, not just Kyle. It, the power of a word. You definitely nailed it. You definitely nailed it. There was a lot of people that were shocked. And I'm sure I can just imagine the meeting that went on on Monday morning in Ganassi Racing before they finally let him go. I mean, you obviously at that point, it's damaged goods. You have to sort of let go of the crate by that point. But I can just imagine it was not a very good meeting. I'll phrase it that way. Yeah, I, I imagine it started off with, hey, what the hell were you thinking? And B, um, you're probably not going to be sitting in this car very much longer. Just going to put it out there. It, it was by like Monday afternoon, as I recall. He was out. Yep. B big sponsors gone and uh, and all that. So, I mean, it'll... It's, it's an expensive it'll, it'll sport. Yeah, it's an expensive sport. Shit. I mean, there's, you know, as I've often said, like, I'm, I'm in the drag racing, right? And the money that I spend just to go straight. And when I say I'm in the drag racing, I'm only into it at what I would say overall is closer to a grassroots level i'm not by any means like a big team or organization with you know three or four engines on stands and such like that it, it's expensive for me to do what i do i can just imagine what these the cup guys go through to to do what they do right definitely but, you know, there, there's some pauses i also want to note you know we, we're gonna see we're gonna see bubba wallace now he's going over to the 23 car and this 23 car we've talked about before this is gonna be a team started up by Denny Hamlin, and none there other than Michael Jordan, thus the 23. Yes. So this, this is going to be phenomenal, I think, for the sport. And I know we talked about it there a number of weeks ago about Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan starting up this team. I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see what they what they do. It, they're going to be, have some growing pains. As a, it's, a, it's going to be a single-car team, as my understanding. For now, uh, I'm sure. For, oh, for now. It, it'll eventually grow. It'll eventually get a little better. thing is, though, is it's. I think it's going to, again, bring a wealth of information or a wealth of new fans that are going to request information about, you know, some of the history of the sport. Why it was, like... Just, you know, bringing up questions. Why was the flag even allowed? And I think it will create some 
a little bit of controversy. And when I say the flag, I mean, what I'm talking about is I've often brought it up, and I have full respect and love for Richard Petty. But I remember watching vintage racing footage, and you would see Petty winning the race, and then, you know, there's the Confederacy flag draped right over the car, right? So uh, it'll be interesting. And I think, though, that these new fans that are coming are definitely going to, you know, stir the pot a little bit and, and, you know, maybe call out some of these things and call for more change, which is great. You're going to see Bubba Wallace there. He's going to have Mike Wheeler as the crew chief now. Mike Wheeler worked with Denny Hamlin for about three years there, and they won about four or five races, as I recall. So I think he's going to have some good crew chief experience going on on top of the pit box. And I think Bubba Wallace is going to do, he's going to thrive in this environment. He's got quite a, a following there on um, Instagram and the, the social media and the Twitter and such. So I think it'll be good for the sport. You're going to see like a healthy, you know, there's, there's going to be fans that are going to draw all sorts of different things from, from this whole thing, right? So Definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I really, really am. Well, Mofo, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's time to cut this bad boy. As always. Folks, just a reminder, teespring.com, look for our hoodies. We have face masks. We have t-shirts. We love and thank you for your support, everybody that has bought a t-shirt. I know that... A lot of people have been pretty interested in the Deep and Delicious or the Love logo, depending if you're on Redbubble or if you're doing it off of teespring.com. Mofo, once again, man, thank you for taking the time to just kind of tell us uh, your perspective. I'm going to enjoy that $10 that you owe me. Shove it. That's going to come right out of your wife's pocket. I'm sure she's just right happy about that idea. Don't uh, don't let me think. You're not off the hook, though, because there's, there's a, still a lot of silly season going on. And I know next time we talk, John, we're going to be talking Haley Deegan. Uh, we got definitely the uh, the new Chase Briscoe. He's coming up to take uh, over the 14 car. We've got a lot of uh, stuff still to talk about there. So don't think you're getting off the hook on the NASCAR stuff just yet, okay? And uh, just uh, thanks, everyone, there for listening and the continued support and following. And uh, we always, as always, appreciate it. And always remember to go deep. This is correct. And remember, always go deep. Go deep. Welcome back to GDP Go Deep, the podcast. You can find us on most forms of social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also reach out to the cast T.O. Big Show, Lord Fawn, Motorsports Mofo, Sturzy, Big Mikey, Astra Moon, and Sassy K. Thank you for your support and remember always Go Deep.